When you're becoming conscious of your menstrual cycle and how much it influences you and how much healing there is possible when you reclaim your cycle, it's entirely normal then to want a better experience for your child when they start their periods. You don't want them to have to wait until they're the age you are now to figure it all out piece by piece. And you really don't want them to feel disconnected, distrusting, or even disgusted by their body cycle and periods. But since you weren't given much support, maybe some, maybe none at all, or empowering information when you had your first period called your menarch, then you're at a loss as to how to really talk to your child in advance so that they feel supported and prepared and confident in advance. And you really want to be able to help them to never feel that struggle of having to work it out or that suffering that we go through alone. But how do you do this? So to support you to have conversations with your child at any age, I've put together this um, this podcast this information to help you with age-appropriate tips for her and for you as a parent. And I'm going to be talking about tips for you, how you can explain it, when is appropriate to talk about certain things and, and different ways of doing that, as well as tips for you as a mum when you're feeling, any feelings come up about your own experience or worrying about their experience. Um, I want to be able to help you turn what's traditionally been an uncomfortable conversation into a beautiful moment of bonding, learning and healing for you yourself and for your child. Welcome to Wildflow Podcast with me, Charlotte Puanto. I'm an internationally award-winning menstrual cycle and embodiment coach, cycle mysteries guide and founder of the First Moon Circle School of Menstrual Education for Children. Tune in for deep, heartfelt conversations with wisdom keepers, embodied leaders and change makers on themes from cyclical living in flow with your menstrual cycle and body's wisdom, reclaiming rites of passages to normalize period positivity for you and the next generation, and exploring our embodied experiences, soulful transformations, and intuitive wisdom guiding you to express and embody your full power in the change you want to see in the world. Are you ready? Let's flow. So let's start off then with teaching young children. It's much more effective and empowering to begin sharing menstrual cycle education with children as early as possible so that you can normalize menstruation as a natural and healthy bodily function right from the beginning. Small children love to follow mum to the bathroom to watch and learn what they're doing. So let's just take advantage of this beautiful curiosity. So if you're a mother, if you find yourself closing the door on your young child when you have your period to avoid having to answer any of their questions that make you feel uncomfortable, then just consider taking a breath and making a different choice. Maybe we could let your child in. Maybe you could let them see you caring for yourself. Maybe you could let them see your blood. Maybe there's no need to feel shame or to hide. And if any strong feelings do come up for you, then ask yourself why that is and work out what the root of that is. These feelings can show you why you've got work to do in embracing your own body and role modeling that body love, that self-love, that acceptance and positivity towards your cycle so that your children can learn to do the same. 
Small children watch their mums with awe and fascination and are curious about where that blood's coming from and what it means. They might ask questions like, is that poo or wee? And if they don't realise that it's blood, um, they might be a bit confused. But also if they do realise it's blood, then you might be wondering and preempting them feeling concern or worry like, oh no, is mum okay? But there's nothing wrong with showing that to them and showing them that actually menstrual blood is not like blood that comes from a wound. Instead, this is magical life-giving blood that comes from your womb where babies grow. And this blood that comes from your womb um, and out through your vagina to the outside, this blood is there because your body has been practicing making a nest which a baby would grow safely inside of if you were pregnant, if you were having a baby. But because you're not right now, your womb is packing that nest down um, and cleaning it out, ready to start again and then practice again next month. So talking about it in this kind of way can help children to relate because they understand this nest analogy. It can be quite helpful to explain the purpose of periods to toddlers, to preschoolers, to young children. And you might think like, "Mm, how am I going to say that? Well, just take a moment and maybe practice, practice to yourself. Just say it out loud to yourself when they're not around. And think about how you can explain that this is where babies grow. And because there's no baby there right now, your body is so clever cleaning itself out like that. It's just practicing making this little blanket in case a baby was to grow, but there isn't one. So over time, um, this is going to sink in and become old news. It's going to become quite normal um, for them to see your blood and to talk about it. You might find yourself explaining this over and over and over again, as I have done with my children. Um, You can check each time if they understand. Do they have any questions? And just be prepared to be with what is and know full well that your response is going to shape their response. And I know that can sound like a lot of pressure. So just give yourself grace and compassion, take a breath, pause before you reply if you're not sure, just simply do your best. Anything really is better than um, hiding it or um, like acting out of shame and, and, and fear. Just take it little step by little step and just see what you can share, what you're comfortable is, notice where your edge is. But I think it's so important to share this information with children of all genders and ages right from the off so that we can normalize menstruation early on. It might even be like a super quick, like 10 second moment where they're asking and you're answering. And this can make such a difference, not just for you and for your daughters, but for the collective, for the whole world. My children also like to know about my choice of period products, which are mostly period underwear. And so I explain these are a bit like wearing nappies to catch the blood because they know what nappies are. You might let your child see you inserting a tampon or a moon cup or using pads and simply chair that they're there to catch your blood And you could demonstrate where they sit, either inside your body or on your underwear, for example. And they don't need to literally see your body as you put the tampon or vagina in, but it's like, whoop, now it's gone. Magic trick. My children have also loved helping me to return my menstrual blood to the earth. So after I've soaked my period underwear in a tub of cold water for a while, the blood washes out into the water. 
And then I can pour that water onto the plants and the flowers and the trees in my garden. As nature's first fertilizer, women would stand in the fields and free bleed onto the crops to help them grow. So we can use our menstrual blood to feed our plants too. And my children just love taking it in turns to choose um, which plant they want to feed. Usually it's the same one. Um, and they can help me then pour that blood back onto the plant. Uh, my roses and camellias particularly love the blood and they've like honestly just transformed. They're such healthy plants with big, beautiful blooms. Um, and you know, they're, they're, they're well fertilized and the girls then love picking those flowers. So maybe you can dilute your blood um, from pants. Maybe you'd pour it straight out of a menstrual cup. Um, I do recommend diluting it in water because otherwise it's it's really strong, and it also helps that all that those nutrients in the blood to soak into the soil, so the plants can can really absorb that. It makes it a bit runnier and not so viscous. You can do it on indoor plants and outdoor plants. Besides managing my blood, I love to let my children know that since I'm bleeding, it's time for me to have a rest because my body is working beautifully for me and I need to have some quiet, slow time. My children know that this means I'm going to take a nap if I need to, which I usually do need to, and that they too are invited to have a slower day. They're encouraged to be a bit more sensitive to my need for alone time in my bedroom. Sometimes that means they'll make it offer to make a cup of tea or like took me up into the blanket for bed. Um, And often I'm afforded some space to myself. My husband will take the children out for a couple of hours. And so I can just really sink into that, um, like that, that moon cave kind of vibe. Um, And that just feels really lovely. And sometimes they just can't leave me alone. And yes, that can feel a little bit annoying at times, but, um, I don't hide. I don't pretend that I'm capable and soldiering on. I let them know that, okay, if you're here, you're quiet and we're resting. Come and have a little snuggle with me. And so it doesn't mean that you necessarily need to be alone time, but you're really holding that that boundary, I guess, and role modeling um, like what you need in that time. And you're inviting them to connect um, with you in that energy. It's not about like banishment, but just role modeling, just letting them in, connecting, but making sure that you're really being true to what you need. It's it's a really great opportunity to let children um, see, feel, and appreciate the value of rest. Um, You know, especially then, like children stop napping. They think, you know, sleep is like a punishment sometimes. They might think, um, you know, that they don't need a nap in the day or they don't need to be slow. They've just got boundless energy. But I always like to say, you know, sometimes we need a rest. It's really good to have a rest. Our body needs a bit of a chance to, you know, when we rest, when we sleep, when we, um, that's when we heal, that's when we grow. Um, and just talking about the fact that we're not always on um, can be really, really lovely. So for young children, it's all about normalizing menstruation by making it visible positive and a time of self-care and rest it doesn't need to be about anything more than that at this point Um, you can let them in and see a bit more if you want to but simply just not shutting the door on your children can be um, a, a, a really great place to start and it's never too soon and for that matter never too late either 
to start sharing this knowledge with your children. Okay, so let's move on to then prepubescent children. So as children get closer to puberty, they should learn about the changes they can expect to notice in themselves and in their bodies. And of course, in their friends too, as puberty begins, you can teach your child that they will not just change physically in their size, their shape and their appearance, but their brains will change too. So they will start to see the world differently and feel about themselves differently. They can experience newer, bigger and deeper feelings for people than before too. And they just start to relate to themselves as individuals in the world. So teaching your child about the stages of puberty can empower them to work out where they're at on their own journey towards having their first bleed. I always find that children of this age, they do want to know. They're curious, they're open, they're hungry for information. And they can almost place themselves on this journey of like, you know, how far away are they basically from getting their periods? And so sharing with them that puberty is a six-year process that can start anywhere from age eight onwards um, can be helpful and that the average period um, begins at age 12, but it's going to probably be a similar age to how old their mother is. So you, if you're listening, um, how old you were when you have had your first period, you can you know, think that your child is likely, it can be different, but it's likely to have their period in that similar kind of like age or a couple of years um, as, as as a ballpark. So puberty begins on the inside. It can start from around age eight onwards. It begins with the ovaries enlargening, um, and the um, the brain it starts to produce uh, hormones um, that basically switch on the enlargening of the ovaries and the production of estrogen in the body. So at this point, external changes are not visible, but change is definitely happening on the inside. No one's going to really feel it or notice it at this point. After a period of time, breast buds will begin to develop as the first external sign of puberty. And then from there, pubic and armpit hair will grow, leg hairs can thicken, and your child will gain some weight, which they actually really need in order to help them grow taller and curvier and to develop. Breasts will continue to grow and change shape over time. So I think this is really important. Um, Children can often get worried about their body changing shape. Like if they've got an older sister, for example, like, oh, that's just a bit weird. But we need to talk to them about how, you know, our bodies needs to be strong and nourished and healthy so that we can grow. Um, And part of it actually is gaining some weight because within that extra um, tissue is the energy um, that's needed. Everything is in that to help the body grow. So don't be afraid if your daughter adds a bit of weight, it's necessary before they then shoot up in height and everything keeps developing. So after about two to three years from breast budding and about six months or so before your child has their first period, their body's going to start making cervical fluid or discharge. And this is the white fluid that the cervix makes across the whole menstrual cycle And it changes in consistency in response to hormonal changes. I think this is like so important for children to understand. And, and, you know, a lot of adults don't even understand this as well. Um, We don't know what cervical fluid is. 
we're often just taught about menstrual blood, um, you know, this red fluid that we've got to manage and that it's a problem. And then when we get these white marks or fluid in our underwear, it's like, what on earth is that? Is there something wrong with me? I remember being 12, 13, 14 and being like, what is this stuff? And it changed all the time. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is like dry and thick and chalky on my underwear. And I'd be like, is there something wrong with me? Every single month, I was really concerned because, you know, there were messages going around at the time about, you know, smelly vaginas and, you know, fishy smells and like, you know, just got this overall impression that vaginas were basically gross and dirty. And so this fluid just made me feel really ashamed. And so I think it's so important to explain that this is actually a really magical elixir that the body makes. It has all kinds of properties and I'll explain some of those to you now. But also like this is normal and this is good. This is okay. Um, So they don't start worrying about being dirty or smelly or, you know, that there's something basically wrong with them. It's also really important that they start noticing their cervical fluid because it's got loads of properties that can help them to work out when their period's coming. It's linked to fertility because it's a sign of ovulation as well at certain times. And it cleanses the vagina and the cervix naturally. The vagina is actually very clever and self-cleanses. Um, and you know, these are the some of these fluids are are how they do that. It changes the pH um, within the, the uterus. So um it can be um, more acidic at some times and more alkaline at others. And basically, as this uh, pH changes, there are times where it um, welcomes and like will feed and nourish sperm, so for fertility, and other times where it will actively like thicken and block sperm from moving through the womb. But it will also become uh, intolerable for that sperm to survive in. So it's, it's all changing. And as it changes, it changes in consistency as well. So when we can teach girls about how this cervical fluid changes, they can work out if and when they start ovulating, which is super important. We actually want to be ovulating because ovulation, which is when the egg is released from the ovary, which then travels down to the womb, embeds into the lining um, if it's conceived um, or it disintegrates and um, will be released along with the uh, womb's lining as the next period. So basically ovulation does that, but it also creates hormones that are necessary for long-term health. It can give us protective um It's like a protective mechanism, these hormones, um, for our long-term brain health, heart health, bone health, immune system, um, like so many, so many functions. Um, so, So many health conditions can be prevented if we are actually ovulating for most of our lives. So not taking hormonal birth control, for example, that stops ovulation. Um, ovulation is super important. It's not just important for fertility. It's important for our long-term strength and health. Um, so teaching girls to look out for their flu- cervical fluid and understanding how it changes can help them work out when they might be ovulating. So when their fertile period is, and we might explain that to children when they're a bit older, but also it can help them to work out when their period's coming because two weeks after a successful ovulation comes a period. So if your child knows this, they can work out 
Um, when their period's coming, they don't need to be feeling scared about getting caught out by the period at school, for example. So how does it change? So cervical fluid changes at ovulation from dry and thick to stretchy. I think of it like melted mozzarella cheese on a pizza. Some people uh, talk about like egg white cervical fluid, but I just find that children don't know what egg white fluid is, uh, egg like egg white texture. But everyone knows melted mozzarella cheese on a pizza. And when you explain that it goes sticky like that um, and stretchy and thinner, or even like it's so wet that it feels a bit like they might have weed in their under- underwear, then that is like this um, fertile fluid that comes at the time of ovulation. So letting children know that this is normal, that this is their body trying to ovulate, and that if they see this fluid and then after that they see this where it dries up and goes chalky and it like leaves like a chalky mark on their underwear, then they can assume that they have ovulated and they can start preparing to have a period within two weeks. So, you know, they might want to put extra period products in their school bag or their sports bag, or if they're going to another parent's house or camp, for example, um, they can also start to look at their schedule. So, you know, is there anything they can like not do at that time? They can sort of plan ahead, more rest time, more chill time, like maybe less social time. Um, where can they start to let go of of things? Um so that they don't have such a busy phase um, around their period. So just starting to think about that, like this is great knowledge to share with prepubescent children so that they can start to read these signs. And of course, as I said, about six six months, it can be more or less, after first noticing cervical fluid, then the first period will come. So that is why reading cervical fluid is really empowering. So I also think it's great at this time to start to share with children about the fact that they are um, going to have um, different energies at different points of their cycle. So explaining not just what periods are, but what the menstrual cycle is as a whole. So you might explain it using the four seasons analogy. So, you know, with menstruation as being an inner winter and then ovulation like an inner summer. um, And then obviously the spring after your period and the autumn before the period. You can start to think together about what feels good in those seasons to do. Like, how can you listen to your body? How can you make time to check in with how you're feeling and what you need? And just letting them know very basically, if nothing else, that basically they're going to start noticing some bigger energy changes, like day to day, week to week. There are times where they're going to have big energy and times where they need more sleep times where they really want to be sociable and times where they really don't, times where they're going to be able to focus and work hard and do their study and other times where maybe it's like, ugh, I just can't start that homework. Um, And so thinking about, you know, how can you schedule homework around your cycle? Like, God, I wish I'd known that as a kid. I think that would have been incredible. So just starting to get them to be aware in advance that this is going to happen um, and that you're there to guide them and listen to them and just start to notice how their energy changes because they will start to have like a sense of a cycle coming through. You you will, if you both start paying attention, you will start to notice a cycle coming in with these different energy changes. So just noticing it and helping them know that there's nothing wrong with that is all good. 
Okay, so what about when you're getting really close to having your um, your daughter's first period and menarche as a rite of passage? So as your child's body changes and, and menarche gets closer, you can help your child to see this as a powerful rite of passage, which it is, which means it's a shift from one identity or phase of life into the next. So it's a moment where that child is leaving behind that like wonderful magical childhood, like that's real kind of um, sense where they're part of the family unit, they are, um, you know, they're living on your family schedule, I guess, like they're very kind of in that kind of dreamy state still. Um, They're kind of not aware of the world and how the world works. But as they move into um, post-menarch, so as they are moving into this adolescence phase, they're going to get much uh, a much bigger understanding that, you know, they are their own individual person. They're not just part of the family. They have their own will. They have much bigger feelings. They um, will start to really deepen into looking to friends for answers and guidance they might start to, you know, have feelings for um, for somebody, uh, like in a romantic kind of way. Um, they'll be asserting their will a lot more. And so really acknowledging this um, is so important because I think a lot of children are going through such huge inner changes and they don't understand and they're like, why is nobody, like, can anyone see that I'm changing or is it just me that's feeling it and wondering why everything seems so different all of a sudden. They can feel quite lost and alone in that. And if we're not honoring this as like, you're going through something really significant here and I get it, I'm here, I'm listening. I'm here to support you. I've I've been through it before too. Like you're not on your own. This is why you're feeling these feelings and this is why you're seeing the world differently. Gosh, how empowering is that? So it's a nice time to start to share stories with your daughter about how old you were when you had your first period and what it was like for you. Um, and to try to share positive memories or stories in relation to that time of your life. You might talk about the changes that you had, like, you know, what you liked at that time, the music you enjoyed, the things you were into, like just stories to share because your child's going to feel so connected. They'll open up so much to you when you share stories about yourself um, and they'll realize they're not on their own. If you don't have any positive memories, then I hear you. And I just want you to know that this is really common, unfortunately. So now can be a really important time for you to revisit your own menarch experience and think about healing this relationship to your own maiden self. And importantly, to think about how you would have liked to have been supported and celebrated at that time of your own life. These insights can help you to think about how you might support your child but also it's really important to let your child decide for themselves how they would like to celebrate their own menarch, to honor their desires for their body and for their own life's journey, because it is a time of burgeoning independence and a growing sense of self. We have to be careful not to put our own unmet needs onto our children because we don't want to push them away at a time where we really want to encourage them to turn towards us um, and to lean into the trust and love that we're offering. So now can be a great time to invite your child to think about, hey, here's some ideas. Here's what I would have wished. But what about you? Would this feel good for you? What do you think? You can maybe invite them to think about putting on a celebration for their menarch, 
Maybe you might have a little celebration in your family, not just with the women either, like but how can your how can how can their dad get involved? So, you know, maybe that is a celebration, maybe it's a meal, maybe it's a gift, maybe it's a letter, maybe it's simply just I see you. Congratulations. Like this is beautiful. What a special moment. They might feel um like they don't really want to do anything. And and it's really important to honor that. Um and and just to hold that because it might change, but it might not too. You might think about um you know really putting together like a beautiful gift. So maybe they'd like a treasure um, or like a moon box of items that they can use for self-care during their period, such as period products and essential oils, chocolate, a sleep mask, a journal, so they can record their cycle experience, nourishing herbal teas, for example, and like a wheat pack. Like your child can think about which period products they might want to use out of all of the options available. So it's a great time to show them these products and start to teach them how they actually work so that they are prepared in advance. We don't want children to be getting to their first period and going, oh my God, I know I've got to use a tampon um, because I don't have a pad and I don't actually know how to use it. I don't even know how to unwrap it. That is so common. You'd be amazed how many children can't open the packet. So the more power you can give to them now, the more power they'll hold for the rest of their lives. And then when they actually have their menarche, it's time to celebrate. So if your child shared their news with you, you can ask if they still want to celebrate the way they'd planned because it might have changed. And if so, then honor those changes. Now is the time to honor this beautiful time of life for your child. Remembering it's really about honoring their journey and their wishes. If your child's not keen to celebrate in the way you'd like them to, you might, you want to honor that and just let that be and know that they're going to have the journey and the experience that they need, but let them know that you're there. You're always there anytime, even if they come back around later or if they've got problems or, you know, let them know that you're there, but without imposing, because that gives them so much power and trust in you that you're respecting them and their boundaries and that you're able to give them what they need rather than making it about you. Because this is such an important thing that happens at this time of life. Children want to know that they are heard and that they're respected. So if you really wish that they would celebrate, but they don't want to, then you might just want to have a little ritual or celebration for yourself, by yourself, um, or even with, you know, with friends, with your circle. So it's it's nice to honor all that this means to you because it's an important milestone on your parenting journey as well. Um And so, you know, tend to that, but do that without your child, without needing them to give you anything. Turn to your people. So if you sense that your child's begun to bleed, but they've not told that to you, then I encourage you to not take this personally. They just might not be ready to share this with you. They might be unsure. They might want privacy. They might feel a bit embarrassed, or they might just really want to keep something for themselves. You can gently remind them that you're always there, check in how they are, but just don't probe too much. Don't try to out them. It's their news to share and they will do so when the time is right. So just check in, notice your own feelings, your own stories coming up, seek support if you need to, 
but trust that all the support you've given so far has and will make a big difference to their experience, even if it doesn't look like what you hoped it would be. So I think it's really powerful to be able to do some inner healing work at this time for yourself because so many stories do come up for you and there's a lot of work that you can do to just tune back into your own experiences and what you had wished and to, you know, it can be quite worrying if you feel like your daughter's playing out the same experience that you had. But so long as you are there and present, um, that's really empowering for them and for you. So be the change that you wish you'd have, you know, you want to see in the world, that expression. So take the gifts of what you wish you had had at that time um, of your menarch. And even though you can't go back to yourself um, and give that to your, you know, your child self, even if your child doesn't want you to pass that on now as well, if they do, that's wonderful. But if they don't, that's not wrong. So try to give yourself some kind of acknowledgement now um, by tuning into what you wish you had had by way of support and celebration at your menarch and just try and give that to yourself right now. This is so important. So I've got a a, a self-paced, um, like a womb and menarch healing journey that's uh, available. It's called Making Herstory and it's a one moon journey. It's online. So it's, it's not a group, but it's something that you can tap into and do um, for yourself and by yourself. And this can be really beautiful for mums who have pubescent um, children. Um, And what it is, it's a journey to reconnect with your maiden self, to look back at how your menarch was, to think about what you would have liked at that time, what you didn't have, and to really just bring lots and lots of love and compassion and understanding and awareness to this time of life and to help you to tend to yourself in the here and now, even though you can't go back. It can be really special to take a meditation into your womb, to go on a a, a shamanic journey uh, with your maiden self, to tap into those qualities that she had and to be with her. It can be quite challenging as well and emotionally confronting, but by meeting this part of you, you can bring that healing um, and that healthy expression and release of this part of you so that we don't then put it onto our children because that's what we do. That's that's so um, possible to happen, like if we're not really looking after ourselves. And often if we feel like there's a resistance there, it can be like there's a bit of a wall and we don't want to go and feel maybe any sadness or pain or bring up old memories. But that's a, such a gift to yourself and to your child to, to be responsible for your own inner work so that we can totally support our children um, move forwards and we can role model a healthy relationship with our body and with ourself. And um, yeah, that womb healing work is so powerful. So if that's something you're interested in, I'll pop the uh, the link to that in the, in the show notes. It's something you can do anytime. Um, but I think that if you've got a child who's around this age, then this is really going to be um, a, re- a really powerful process for you. It's got rituals, release rituals, as I say, meditations, um, reflective uh, work, some learning in there, some practical cycle knowledge that you can take with you. Um, 
And yeah, it's, it's something that I'm really passionate about. I really believe in it. Okay, the next thing I want to share on is menstrual health. So I think it's super important for you to understand the differences between um, tween and teen periods versus adult periods because menstrual cycles can actually be quite different and what's considered normal for adults isn't necessarily the case for children. So if you've forgotten what it was like to have periods as a teenager, which I'm sure you will have done and, you know, it was a long time ago, right? Um, then we can often get a bit worried about, oh, is this normal? Is that normal? Um, and forget what, you know, what, um, well, like what the red flags are, for example, but also like, what's okay? What's okay? So it's important to learn this and then you can obviously share it with your child so that they know that they can ask you for help. They can, um, come to you with any concerns and, you can share a little bit of information, but you also know when to go and get help as well because too many um, women and girls are putting up with terrible symptoms that they just absolutely should not have to. And often solutions can be really simple. There can be diet changes. It can be like getting more sleep. Um, it might be um, taking out um, certain foods that cause inflammation. For example, it might be... Um, just eating more uh, protein. Um, it can also be, you know, looking at stress. So what's going on at home? What's going on at school? What's going on in friendships? Often menstrual cycle issues are a really beautiful like barometer um, into the health of that person. So if there are red flags, then it might be um, just a moment to go, okay, what's going on here? What do we need to look at? Um, um, where can we get help? It might be physical um, like I say, like making um, changes to diet. It might be emotional as well because we hold so much emotion and um, suppressed energy in our in our body that then manifests as menstrual symptoms. So if you or your child have got menstrual symptoms like heavy periods or pain or um, migraines or like you just get absolutely exhausted, um, you know, things like that, then it can be an invitation to really tune in with like what's going on, like what, like what, where do I need to help myself? What um, simple steps can I take to bring more balance into my life? And usually that's around like how busy we are and how restful we are because you know this world is really built for busyness. So some of the key things to know is that um, periods uh, should come. Um, at least every 90 days for children. So once they start their periods, they might actually miss a cycle because ovulation might not happen every single month. And ovulation always precedes a period by two weeks. So if we're like, oh, a child needs a menstrual cycle regulated because, you know, periods are sp it's sporadic and it's not consistent. Actually, it can take a while, like, you know, a couple of years to begin ovulating every month. So if, if it's, um, you know, they miss a month, they maybe even miss two months, um, that can be okay. That can be quite normal. Um, but it really should start to settle down and then it should become monthly. And if it goes more than 90 days <clears throat> since the last period, then that can be a red flag, something to go, uh-huh, okay, that's interesting. I've noticed that. Um, and then just to observe. And then in time, if, if you, you know, periods are really spaced out, then it might be worth a look at uh, what's going on by seeing 
either a GP or someone like a naturopath, for example, who can do some hormone um, observations just to check levels of things like that. Um, and naturopaths often have, um, like they won't just go are normal or not normal. Um, they'll go like what's, um, what's healthy, like what's subpar and then like what's, you know, well out of range. So their ranges for measurements are different and they can, even if something's considered normal by a GP, but it's like a little bit subpar by a naturopath, then they can support back into optimal health. So it's, um, you know, there's, there's both paths, often they complement, but you might have a preference over which one you go down. Also, periods should not be so heavy that they have to change um, a pad or a tampon or period pants um, too often. And so for, for pads and tampons, that's every two hours. Um, and if you're having if they're having to change um, like every hour, for example, then that's considered like a really heavy flow. Um, and some, um, you know, there can be emotional, there can be physical um, underlying causes for that. Um, and so that is definitely considered a red flag. So, um, 80 mils is considered normal and that's for everybody. So regardless of age, um, but it's really hard to know what 80 mils is. So that's like, um, you know, over the entire period. So that's like two to three teaspoon, a tablespoon, sorry, of blood lost over an entire period. So, um, if you're having to change products like more than every two hours, you know, for like the duration of your period, then that's definitely a, a red flag. Um, clots, clots should be like not bigger than a coin. Um, clots are when the, the blood is clotting, the body's clotting, trying to slow the blood flow down. So that's another sign of heavy, um, heavy periods, but it can also be a sign that there's a condition there that, that could be looked at. Um, so just noticing like encouraging a child to, to notice if there's like real clumps of tissue pain. So light cramps are normal because the womb is contracting to squeeze, uh, and release, um, the blood. But pain that uh, stops a child from participating in everyday life is not normal. So if they can't get out of bed or if they have to come home from school, like if they're nauseous, if they're getting migraines as well, um, these are all signs that like, you know, something's really not okay. And if they're having like mood swings, mood changes, um, or even experiencing exacerbated anxiety or depression, then this can have a hormonal link as well. And so this is something that, that needs looking at. Um, and for children, a period should come um, every 21 to 45 days. And that's actually different for adults. It's 21 to 35 days um, in, in, in adults. So just noticing how often um, a period comes can be really, really great. And then how long that menstrual cycle is. And so, of course, the best ways to record menstrual health is to cycle chart. So teaching your child to cycle chart is really powerful. Um, you can chart yourself and then you can show your child and you can compare and you can share that as like a, a bonding thing, but they can also just do it by themselves and they can do it even in advance and just start noticing cervical fluid and body changes, for example, but definitely once they have their first period, helping your child to get to know what's normal for them, like when they have, you know, um, pain or mood changes or like when they ovulate or, you know, which 
are the really heavy days and how long and how um you know how much for example like what kind of pain these are all things that we just can't really remember and piece it back together afterwards so capturing it in the moment can be incredibly powerful and i would highly recommend um you know if your child doesn't have a device particularly then pen and paper um charting can be absolutely wonderful I've got a free guide to the menstrual cycle um, that you can download um, as a subscriber. So you can sign up to my, uh, I send out um, a new moon and a full moon newsletter every month with like inspiring tips and behind the scenes and uh, things that are going on um, and, and menstrual cycle knowledge and wisdom too. And when you subscribe to my newsletter, you receive two free guides. So one is like a really in-depth guide to the menstrual cycle um, versus periods, what ovulation is, how cervical fluid changes. And there's a copy of a cycle chart in there as well. Um, and so your child can, you know, you could use this, you could photocopy it, print it out, um, for example, and then use that chart. Um, but if you wanted to get a document or a guide or like a, you know, something that is more of a resource for your child, then I've got um, copies of a first moon guide, which is a, a downloadable, so a PDF booklet, and it's 24 pages. It's a full color resource. And it's what I give to girls who come to my first moon circle. But lots of people are purchasing them as a download for their children. You can print it off, you can, you know, even bind it if you so like, but it's written for children. So it's written for them to start to understand in advance all of this information for themselves. So they've got like, oh, what what's this cervical fluid thing? Oh, go back to that. Oh, what's ovulation again? Oh, you can go and look at that. Oh, what what's a period about? They can go, it's got diagrams. They can connect with their um, anatomy, understand these inner seasons. And it's all written in like age appropriate ways for children to be able to refer to again and again and again as they need to. And it's also something that's lovely for you to read. So you've got language, you've got tools, um, like ideas for how to talk to your child about it. You can read it together. So if they've got questions, you can go and read certain pages and it's super low cost. So I'm going to put the links to, so there's the free one and then there's the, uh, that's, that's the adult guide. That's, that's, um, uh, more adult appropriate and, and a bit more basic actually. And then they've got the first moon guide too, which is more thorough and it's age appropriate. Um, and that's just 19 Australian dollars. So, you know, super low cost. There's something that's really, really great for children to have. So I'll pop the links to those in the show notes. And then also if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I just like really want to be able to, um, support more children at this time of, of their lives. Maybe you've got children yourself and you're like, oh, you know, I just really want to go deeper into this. Or maybe if you're like, oh, I just really wish that I'd had something better and more positive. Um, and you feel really called to actually share this kind of knowledge and wisdom with children in your community. And if you want to host circles and create that for yourself, um, then I also have my First Moon Circle facilitator training, which is where I teach you how to be a menstrual educator and a circle holder for children. Um, 
And I have a, a facilitator training that's enrolling now that starts in February 2024 and it's all online. Um, and it's it's an incredible place for you to really go deep into womb wisdom and rites of passage, knowledge and how we can create these experiences that truly empower children and really have like embodied deeply within you this womb healing. So a lot of the work on this making history course I spoke about, um, we do that in the first moon training, as well as you get just so much knowledge and support to be able to actually host these circles for yourself, to grow a business, to grow these offerings and put them out into the world. So it's ideal whether you are already like a menstrual cycle coach, for example, and you actually really want to work with children, like don't reinvent the wheel, come and join our global community. We've got over 100 facilitators and we are um, always expanding the resources we share with our community. So how can you create these circles? How can you go into schools? How can you work with teens? How can you do workshops for women as well? Um, And uh, they're also really suitable if you've got zero experience of working with children. If you know nothing about the menstrual cycle, if you don't have a business, like whether you're a mother or not a mother, whether you have, you know, a regular job or no job, um, you actually get everything that you need to get going after this training. So if you're interested in that too, I'll pop a link to that as well in the show notes. Um, we're enrolling until the uh, 17th of November, 2023. And the course begins right on the start of February in 2024. So you can come and discover all of those. So I hope that this has been really helpful to you to think about, to consider, to notice why you're like, oh yeah, that feels easy. And then, oh no, that feels a bit uncomfortable to really connect with your own experience, but also to hold space for what your child wants um, and to understand the differences for um, adults and and tween, um, for example, menstrual cycles. And then where to go next on your journey. So whether this is a real self-healing opportunity for you and you want to do Making History or whether you want to download the uh, First Moon Guide um, as a, an ebook to give to your child, whether, whether you actually want to be a practitioner, a facilitator in this space, then you can come and join our First Moon Circle Facilitator Training. All right, loves, thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. Come and find the social media post on my Instagram page, um, where I'm sharing this and let us know in the comments like what you took from this um, what was most useful to you um, and I would love to help you and support you over there so have a beautiful day thanks so much for listening to Wildflow. I love having you here if you're loving this podcast why not leave a rating and review and share your favorite episodes with those who you think would love to listen. And if you share on Instagram, tag me at charlotte.ponto.coach. To take the next step in your own journey of learning how to live, love and lead and flow with your cyclical nature and for deeper guidance and support in your cycle embodiment journey, you can discover my freebies and join my Wild Flow Coven, my new Cycle Wisdom membership, or even discover my group programs, private cycle coaching and courses all on my website at charlottepronto.com. Until next time, go well with the flow of your body's cyclic nature.